This is the Reading Aloud Podcast. I'm Marisol Collette. And I'm Adam Collette. And you love us because we love you. We sure do. And let's get to today's conversation. (laughs) So I am amazed at how incredibly bad I am at swimming. Like, lap swimming. Like, I'm generally an athletic person, but lap swimming is literally the bane of my athletic pursuits. I, I, I do two laps and I have to stop. It's, it's amazing. What do you think that's about? Because it's an, is it an endurance thing? Cause I actually swim faster than you and yoga longer. Like I can yoga longer. Yeah. You go longer. <laughs> no, that was bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I guess it's an endurance thing. I'm, I'm also convinced that except I, for the time you ran a marathon. <laughs> Well, right. I mean, I, uh, but that's what I mean. That's what I'm talking about is that I have endurance in pretty much every other athletic pursuit. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm great at everything. I'm just saying like, I have some skill, like I have a baseline level of skill. I've played sports my whole life and stamina, you know, like I can, I can, you know, participate in athletic things, but swimming, I mean, it is incredible at how bad I am. I was just talking to some folks. I went for a swim this morning and then I was just talking to some folks and one of the people was like, yeah, I'm horrible at swimming too. I do like, like five or six laps and I can't even like go any more past that. And I'm like, I wish I could do five or six laps in a row. I do two laps in a row and I have to take a break. Isn't it number one exertion or is it because horseback riding is number two. I think swimming might be number one. I am far better at horseback riding than I am at swimming. Tell me the last time you went on a horseback. Oh, it was probably a solid 15 years ago. You going fast or you trotting? I was trotting, trotting fast. (laughs) Anyway. But you had said earlier that you like things like this. You're like, it's cool to have a challenge. You are unique in that. That is my nightmare. Having to work hard at something. I'm good at so many things. I just want to do them. Oh, I am. I'm, I'm committed now. Like today, I could feel myself very incrementally get a little bit better. And I was like, oh, we're doing this. <laughs> we're going to be able to swim three laps in four months. <laughs> All of this is for your sprint triathlon, which is how many laps? Oh, it's not even that far. The, the, the entire thing I have to swim is 400 meters, which, which I swim right now in a 25-meter pool. And yes, triathlon people, I know swimming in open water is far different, but let's just take this one step at a time. But right now I swim in a 25-meter pool, which means that one lap down and back is 50 meters. So that would be eight laps. Woo! That's a lot. It's a lot. It's four laps because the triathlon is taking place in a 50-meter pool. So it's only four down and back. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot. Eight down and backs without stopping. Well, you can stop. You just can't stop. Oh, yeah. You can stop. Yeah. But you're not going to stop. Yeah. I mean, right now I'm I'm doing about a lap a minute. Which which I do two laps and I stop. So it takes me two two minutes two to two and a half minutes to swim fifty meters. We're talking about Mother's Day, so let's talk about me. Yeah, let's talk about you. Mm, made me think of your mama. Yeah, whose birthday sometimes falls on Mother's Day. That's right, mm. May seventeenth. So the the topic that was proposed to us to talk about is being a mom and. 
what it's like to be a mom and do I identify with maybe traditional mom roles? So we've talked about family roles before and how like where we split things up and and how it is fairly non-traditional, except at this point, things are evolving and tradition is just not the same as it was. But I think this is an incredible topic because I, I don't actually feel like I have a strong community that feels the way I feel. And I occasionally a friend of mine will send me memes about alternative ways of feeling like a mother. Now, before we got pregnant, I was told a lot, and this was somewhat helpful, that I mother other things, like I mother my career, I mother friends who are in need, you know, in a healthy way, I mothered the birthing of different things. I for sure mothered trouser. And that helped because I was like, I want to mother something. I want to caretake something. And then in my mind, I, and I've said this before, I thought that the heavens would come down with my baby and I would all of a sudden be transformed into a stork. A stork. (laughs) I would all of a sudden be transformed by the love that overcame me and this new identity that I would receive the day of my child's birth. I mean, what could have been wronger? (laughs) I was going to say, like, if that was the prompt, that failed. (laughs) Right. So, but what happened instead was what happens to a lot of people, which is that they struggle. But I didn't just struggle with sleep deprivation or postpartum depression or the adjustment to being a parent from being just the two of us or the grief that came with losing my identity. I struggled with what the the identity that I saw as mothers. And I don't, again, I don't just mean primary caregiver. And this goes into a longstanding and evolving sense of gender and sexuality with me. And I just don't feel that feminine. And in my opinion, and it could be a skewed opinion because I don't think we have accurate visions of ourselves and our bodies. I don't feel like my body is very feminine in a lot of ways. And I don't know how to explain that because it's curvy and I have an ass and, you know, whatever. But it, there's something about it that feels a little more squared off. I don't have boobs really at all. And and I look like I'm a little, I can be seen as a little androgynous looking sometimes, although I think I'm really beautiful. You know, I have some masculine facial features too. And of course, there's the whiskers. Mm. Oh, the dreaded whiskers. My favorite. And so then as a mother, it was interesting. So I had somebody ask if they could do a photo shoot of me and it's a photo shoot of mothers. And there were questions that she asked around mothering and motherhood and how I identified as a mother. The most interesting thing about this is as I was answering the questions, not only does some grief come up and I don't know why, I don't know why, maybe it's because I don't feel, maybe I feel a little odd, but is that the, when I saw the photos and I've, we've had photos taken of us with Neo. When I saw the photos, I was like, oh my gosh, that's the first time I feel like a mother. So if I were to try to identify what I mean by that, I would just say that the intimacy between me and my baby and the way that we, I held him and the way I looked at him and tended to him because she got some photos of us in the bath and bedtime, those ones in particular, changing his diaper, changing him, uh, putting on his pajamas. I saw the nurturing. It's the nurturing. I saw Mm -hmm. the nurturing. First off, I hear you say that you're looking and we are looking at mothering right now outside of 
kind of gender roles and typical roles that we're talking more of the innate feelings and sense and identity rather than a mother is the one who cooks, cleans, whatever of that kind of more traditional roles that we have had in our society. Exactly. Yeah. And for you, you have felt disconnected from that because of a variety of things, but but then you had this photo shoot and you saw through the pictures and through the through the images a nurturing and a caring which connected you in some way to motherhood. Correct. Yeah. Like birthing people sometimes identify as mothers and sometimes do not. So there's a little bit more representation, but I don't see it in somebody who identifies as a woman as often, right? I see it more often with people who are non-binary. The way that we are now thinking about motherhood is more of a... It's just more of a holistic term that it doesn't, you know, it's not like you don't have to be a woman to be a mother. Right. But who is we? Because I still don't feel like I've seen me anywhere. Uh huh. And no, folks, I'm not a four on the Enneagram, but I don't. I really don't. And I don't know. You as in your specific type of motherhood? The way that I feel, I've never heard it described. And, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. what I know, I can tell you what I'm not. Yeah. I don't necessarily have the language for what I am mm. because I'm not just a working mother who is breadwinner in the family and identifies more with, like, there's that a little bit that plays into it. Like, right. you have taken on more of the nurturing pieces, but that's not true either. Like, you actually do a lot of the, you know, chop wood, carry water and play and nurture things through contact and then I do the nurture nurturing like the emotional tending which of course didn't come right away because I I didn't know how to tend to him emotionally because he was really he he really didn't connect in emotionally other than to just hold him through his I don't know naps emotional struggles is what I was going to say he wasn't like a he didn't have a lot he didn't express a lot of needs to me his needs were more of the like, carry me, do for me, the things that you were doing. So it was part in part that, but so that's where, that's where it's interesting to me. And what I'm, what I, you know, it, it, it also, I keep seeing these drawings of women, right? They've got the boobs cause it's got the milk in it. Mine did not. It's got the boobs, it's got the belly and it's fucking got the long hair. I mean, it's so quintessentially a thing, right? It's like, that's the mother. And I follow people like, and we're also in Asheville where there's a lot of a hippie community, um, a lot of like, the, so that, that is the representation of womanhood and femininity. Right. And motherhood. Even when you see images of like Gaia and Mother Earth, it's like the Gaia is like the long hair, large breasted, big belly. Like that is the image of motherhood out in our society. Yeah. Right. So then it's easy for me to feel like to tell you what I'm not. I'm just not that. And I don't, and I, you know, and it is hard for me to parse out shame and disappointment around not having the milk and the boobs, shame and disappointment around not having the tall body that holds the baby like a round ball, the way that you see it, the long hair, the long arms to wrap my baby up, the baby that wants to be at my breast, you know, all of those things. 
it's hard for me to not absorb that and feel disconnected. But then there is something else. It's more than that. Well, you were talking about, you know, you still mentioned that word nurture, which you saw through the photographs. So which a lot of what you just described is a form of nurturing. So it sounds like you've connected to motherhood through a different type of nurturing. It's maybe things that can't be necessarily described in hmm, how to say this. It feels like just something that we don't we haven't necessarily put a, a, a label to or really defined out in the world because we have this such this strong strong cemented image of what motherhood is supposed to be and we we haven't really varied from that in in a lot of ways so you know you're discovering this kind of I I don't want to call it new but you're discovering your own form of motherhood that that feels right to you but there's nothing that's reflecting back that back to you in our world and I think the thing about this is that there's an emphasis on the word mother so here's because even as you say it I'm like I just don't identify with that I also don't identify with father so I don't know you know parent I, I actually really do identify with parent I am parenting Neo which in that comes nurturing you know that is part of my job is to emotionally support him and help create a container for him to explore his emotions and who he is. I also want to learn how to create more space to just let, like physically, I think I let him do a lot, right? Like I don't manage him physically very much in the sense of I trust him and I give him a lot, a lot of space to explore while also always keeping an eye. So safety, I'm really good at creating safe spaces emotionally and physically. Then there's the piece around like, how do I hold space for day-to-day living? Like, how do I live with this person without having this in-out experience? Like, I'm here for you. I got to get away from you. And maybe everybody does that. But there's some there's something to that where I look forward to growth. Because you show up always at all times, period. You don't ever walk away. And so, but what, you know, the the questions that were asked of me during that photo shoot were, she did a great job of listening, which really just let me, she asked poignant questions and did a great job of listening. So that gave me a lot of space to explore. But then there was this sort of moment where it wasn't, she didn't challenge me, but she was saying, you know, so what is, what is motherhood to you? And I was able to define it in a way, and I couldn't figure out if that was a stereotype or not. But I think the word mothering, it's a felt sense that I don't feel that. And I Again, I, I, I can't tell if it's attached to what I think it's supposed to be or whether it's like parenting just settles in my bones. Yeah. Well, it, it just feels like you're you're moving away from kind of a binary way of thinking about parenting, like a mothering is in one camp and a fathering is in another camp. And really, it's more than separating out into the, these two areas. And it's more thinking about like, this is a parenting role. I am taking care of this kid. And there are some values and tenants and kind of ethics here that following in terms of creating sp- safe space, in terms of nurturing, in terms of loving, in terms of doing all the things that you just mentioned. And you're just connecting more with that kind of like non-binary way of thinking about parenting as in this is mothering and this is fathering. Why is it important that I not feel like I'm like, why, why, what does it matter? I mean, it's easy. I'm a mama, right? You're, I'm mama, you're papa. It's simple. Like, why does it matter? It, I mean, it, identity matters so much. And all I can say is I resonate with parent over mother. And I think it's the baggage of mother. I can't tell. 
but it it's like the words just make more sense to me. Parenting feels like, I don't know, it also lends itself to not having ownership over yeah. the child. Do you feel like do you feel like just even that term and associating with motherhood kind of brings up the trauma around that first year? And so there's a there's a pushing away of that because of the things that you mentioned of not feeling of going through that time period that was very difficult for you? Yeah, but it's interesting because I sit in groups of women and I can say with certain, so I have a group of women that I sit with and we study the the eight seasons of the year, eight natural seasons of the year. And with each one, there is an archetype associated and they're very feminine archetypes, <clears throat> some more than others. And I just don't identify with some of the archetypes. Now, we explore each, like each one of us gets to explore one over the course of a year. So it'd be interesting what would come if I chose to explore some of those more feminine ones. But as described, like tantrika, for example, sensual, magnetizing, feminine, sexy, you know, it's the, it's the rose that opens up all the layers and the bee just comes to it to get its nectar. You know, it's like, that is not me. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I have consistently said, even outside of motherhood and parenting that those things just aren't me yeah so it's like so you're actually drawing on the motherhood that is that could be embodied in those other feminine qualities that you know that you do feel connected with yeah I think the word softness comes up I don't feel a softness of like people want to lean into me physically. Now, when people lean into me physically, the first thing I do is start to rub or touch them. So you saw my friend put her head in my lap the other day. She was she was not feeling super good. And I rubbed her hair and scratched her hair and I nurtured her in that way. You know, I have really appreciated the times when Neo can lay his head on my belly. So the fat on my belly being soft for him to lay his head. You know, I don't have the bosom. I don't have the shoulders. I even think about as he leans on my shoulders, they're very pointy and edgy. And when you try to lean on my shoulders, it's like, I'm like, well, this is probably not a very comfortable spot. You're saying no? Yeah. I mean, I, I would say I have to kind of, I have to <laughs> nuzzle in pretty close. Like, you know, it's it's definitely... I, I got to get some neck in there. Right. Because it's definitely. <laughs> if you're on the tip of the shoulder, it's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Those are some physical things, right? But I think about softness and I think about the melting into mama who just sits there and holds. I just like, I don't do that. I, but it's funny because I just kind of want to sit there and hold him. I don't know, babe. I mean, it's a great conversation. I hate to leave it open-ended this way, but it it is an exploration. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I would just say too, like what just came up for me when you said that is motherhood is also a two-way street mm. in that Neo is also part of your motherhood dynamic. And I think one of your qualities as a parent and as a mother, I'll say it, is being able to meet Neo where he is at. Neo is not a very cuddly baby. Like, he's become a little bit more that, but for our time with him, he has not been, like, melted into you. He has not needed that. And that has presented some challenges, but also you have been amazing at being able to be adaptable to that 
and to be able to be to parent he is wildly independent and i have learned so much from you in letting him be have that independence and letting him because it's it stresses me out sometimes not in a sense of safety but in a sense of like i worry i'm just going to you know, be chasing him around the whole time. So I, I put like some boundaries and you're just so good at just like of creating a safe space well, for him. In your defense, if I allow him to go do what he wants, you are the one that ends up having to yes. chase Well, him. there is that aspect to it. Yeah, I am the one that has to go get him. So, uh-huh. But I, I guess I just want to say like, it. just remember it's a two-way street. And I think that one of the things that really came up and has stuck with me when we were becoming new parents or when we became new parents was really wise people that said, you are the perfect parents for him. And he is the perfect kid for you. Like that is what is meant to be. You're not comparing yourself to any other parents, any Mm. other mother, any other father, because you all chose each other and you're perfect for each other. And I think in that aspect, you are the mother that Neo needs right now. That was very helpful for me to hear, too. I also want to acknowledge that that could be really hard for a lot of people to hear or understand if they have a difficult relationship with a parent or there was abuse involved because that's just really hard pill to swallow to even understand how that could be possible. Now, some people have made something of their experience that makes it feel as though that was so I can't even say that, but that there was some, some, something in that, that they learned. Um, but I find that that most of the time that's just making the most of a very, um, of a very traumatic and devastating experience. But I hear that. And in this moment, until we completely fuck him up, I do believe that you're right. And that for us, he's exactly what we need. Now, I don't know what those lessons are for me yet. It's going to be a 20, hindsight 2020 and what you were saying earlier thank you for saying that appreciate that and that's what makes me a good parent I feel that so deeply when you're saying that I'm like and that's what makes me a good parent and so that's where I land I'm a parent happy mother's day to me I'm a parent nobody came up with parents day so I'm gonna steal mother's day and just rock it out and I like to be I like to be celebrated so I'll take mother's day for sure Yeah, as you should. As you should. Yeah, I also appreciate what you said about the two-way street. And I I had thought of that as I was talking, but I, I really appreciate you putting words to that. So in conclusion, it's an evolving landscape. And also when I saw those images, back to the images, when I saw those images of me with Neo, I looked at them and I thought, these are photos that he can look back on and see his mother his mother specifically. And part of it is there were some photos taken behind a door, like a peek in to the moment. And it was the intimacy and the way that in, in like the quote unquote privacy of it just being him and I, you know, cause she was, you know, essentially creating an image that looked like she was not there obviously, but there was so much love and nurturing. And I was doing my job as a mother and I do feel that when I'm alone with him, especially in those tender moments around bedtime and quiet times, you know, or early mornings, if I ever have to get up with him. It's like, those are mothering times for me. You see yourself in a certain way as a mother or a parent 
he also sees you as a mother and will for his whole life. Like I'm thinking about him looking at that picture and saying, that is my mom, you know, you know, it makes me think about my mom and the way that I saw her as a mother, which had some aspects of that kind of working mom that you had mentioned earlier. She was a caretaker in her own way. And I think she was a caretaker in a way that inspired rather than nurtured. She nurtured me by letting me do whatever the heck I wanted to do. That was very much her style. She was not a disciplinarian in any way. But she inspired to a way that, you know, wanted that. So anyway, I just say that because I don't know how she saw herself as a mother. But I am guessing because she was working and absent a lot of the time, especially in my early childhood and then later because of health issues, that she probably, you know, I don't know how deeply she thought about it, but she could have had her own struggles as a mother. But I see her as a mother, and it's not necessarily in a traditional way that society kind of views or portrays mothers. That's interesting. So there's maybe some similarities between her and I in a way. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think hear there that. are. I hear that. Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking, I think that that's a beautiful place to end. And I, I do want to, and I want to just acknowledge that I I was envisioning my mom. And I, one of the most potent memories I have is a consistent memory of me sitting in her lap after we would get out of the bath or the shower together after we both had taken a bath or a shower and sitting naked in each like both of us naked in her lap and I would put a piece of her hair in my mouth and suck the the bath water out of it and she has that body of the of the mother the mother body that was almost exactly the body that she had minus the long hair but yeah, that's interesting to think of that and that that is the mother that I had. And I very much think of her as, and her smell, I mean, she just had this incredible smell that I got to smell when I was close to her body. So it is, it is that mother. I wonder how she would identify probably as a mama. Yeah. I don't I, know. I and don't I know. wonder how your relationship or image of your mother if impacts, you know, it, it definitely impacts how you see and expect motherhood totally and funny enough one of neo's favorite places to be with me is naked in the bathtub he's like mama bath. Some generational stuff mama right there. bath he loves the water yeah. and he calms the fuck down so calming down in the bath calming down before bedtime being kind of groggy in the morning those are the times i feel like a mom because he's calm so there's a two-way street awesome okay yeah. babe thanks for the conversation happy mother's day to those who our mothers want to be mothers, used to be mothers, are missing their mothers, have mothers. All who identify as mothers. The all-inclusive version. Yeah. Love you. Love you. Thanks, y'all, for listening and participating. We always have a great time with you. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go online and rate, review, share this with your friends. This is the way that we build this community. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.